This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, episode 165, Your World. Your World was recorded in February 1973 at the Air Studios in London, but wasn't released until March 31st, 2003 in the UK on the Double Disc First Light series for Electric Light Orchestra 2, The Lost World. In August 2015, John Vanderkeest wrote in Jeff Lynn, Electric Light Orchestra Before and After. A particularly interesting session took place at Air Studios in February with Carl Wayne, the original Move vocalist whose exit had paved the way three years earlier for Jeff to join. Was looking for new material to record as a single, preferably something more soulful than the middle of the road fare which had so far failed to provide him with a hit. Don Arden, who was Carl's manager as well at the time, suggested approaching Jeff with this purpose in mind. Jeff provided two new songs, Your World and Get a Hold of Myself, and also a new version of Mama. These were recorded with himself, Richard, Bev, and Michael as a slimmed-down non-orchestral ELO. The backing was never completed, and the session multi-track was considered lost for almost 30 years. Even so, Carl was full of admiration for the group and their leader, whom he praised as a brilliant producer. In the 2002 liner notes for The Lost Planet, Jeff Lynn wrote, Three tracks I made with Carl Wayne were called My World, Get a Hold of Myself, and A New Version of Mama, all of which I thought Carl sang splendidly. We never quite finished them. In the liner notes for The Lost Planet, Bev Bevan wrote, The three tracks Carl Wayne sings on stand up very well. Carl's voice is as good as always, and both Mama and My World are great songs and maybe even still worth a release in this century. You can have more time for fun and pleasure. It's an opportunity to live better. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And we get to listen to an ELO song with Carl Wayne on vocals. I believe this was written not to be part of an ELO project necessarily, but because Carl Wayne was trying to pursue a solo career... And it wasn't going too well, so he decided to change up his sound a bit, add a little bit of soul to it, and somebody suggested that Jeff Lynn and company help out. And help out they did. This was before the big string sections and everything. This was back around ELO 2 time. So, yeah, we got some crunchy guitar in there and just typical rock and roll soul playing. And Carl Wayne singing his butt off <laughs> throughout this entire song. It sounds like something from 73, but it sounds like why music was good in 1973. 
It's got a little bit of a Philly edge to it, a little bit of a Motown edge, but it's also got that rock and roll sound from the time. So there's that little tiny bit of glam thrown in there as well with Jeff Lynne doing his best imitation of Mark Bolin on a guitar. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's why I double checked to make sure Mark Bolin wasn't on this because I was going, hey, it sounds like this might be something he helped out on, but no. No. It's, It's all Jeff on that guitar and... Ah, too bad this didn't get a final mix and get released. I could listen to an entire album of this stuff. Even if it wouldn't have been titled Yellow or anything, just been Carl Wayne and have everybody else's session musicians. Yeah, I would love to have heard a full album of this type of material. We're entering phase of this podcast where we're going to run into songs that I've never heard before. I didn't even know this song existed until I started putting the podcast together and making a list of all the ELO songs that were made put them in order so that we make sure we get to all of them. And I hit Your World Take Two, and I never heard it. I never knew nothing about it. And till I did some looking into it for this episode. So when I played it, I thought, am I going to have to go on the rant that I went on last week about why was this not included on On the Third Day? This is so much better than everything else that was on On the Third Day. Until I looked into it and found out, oh, it's Carl Wayne, and he's getting a solo career going, and he needs a backup band to shop around to the record companies. Here's here's what I can do. Here's here's this. And he was also being managed by Don, who also managed ELO, and Don said, well, you know, Jeff and his band over there, they sure they'd be happy to work with you. Why don't you ask him? So he did. And they made this fan-damn-tastic song. I friggin' love it. It's really friggin' great. I like the nice little musical... It's a quick little music break before the chorus kicks in. That synthesizer solo is so not ELO. It really sounds like something from a soft rock song from the mid and late 70s. Never heard it on an ELO song, and I'm glad I've never heard it on an ELO song. It's fine here, and I think it serves a purpose, because it, as rockin' as the song gets, when that synthesizer solo comes in, it's things kind of calm down for a little bit, and that's nice. And then the guitar solo starts ripping in, and it's fantastic. It's really great. <laughs> And what bugged me about that solo is, in my head, I've heard this before. And I was just trying to run and run in my head. Where? It's not the whole solo. It's the opening, repeating riffs of that solo. It's like, I've heard this before. Where? Where? And I've spent my morning. And it slowly started to... It's a novelty song, I think. I've heard it on Dr. Demento. And then it started to drift into... Oh, yeah. The same kind of riff was used in Joe's Garage by Frank Zappa. So that's where that sounded like. It's such a great friggin' song. I love it. I love it too. It is a great song. And by the way, Joe's Garage came out in 79. So this precedes Joe's Garage a bit. Yes. Because I was thinking, wait a minute, Joe's Garage was one of his later ones with one of those covers he did that, yeah, um, 
would set Twitter afire these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and this song was lost for 30 years and wasn't found until 20 uh, when they were regooberating special anniversary edition for Electric Light Orchestra to the album, not part to the band. So I'm not saying that Frank Zappa swiped from Jeff Lynne. I'm just saying purely coincidence that the same kind of riff there was here and on Joe's Garage. True. But then Frank Zappa, his way of putting together songs, sometimes he took snippets from studio and live performances that he did and threw them into the mixes of the songs And because he said, oh, well, this I didn't use before and this fits here now, 10 years later. Yeah. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Notice I'm not judging it as an ELO song either. I am not looking at this whatsoever as an ELO song. Yeah. It's basically a Carl Wayne song. And Jeff wrote it for him. Now, what gets me is they say that the backing was never finished on this. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what that backing was supposed to be, because what's there sounds all basically like a complete song. I don't know if maybe they're going to add a touch of echo or something. For a Jeff Lynn production, it sounds pretty bare. It's freaking great, but usually with Jeff, he puts some more stuff on it. Yeah, this is as much a, an ELO song as My Bonnie is a Beatles song. Um, right. Tony Sheridan was from Germany, touring with the Beatles. And he put out an album in 62. And at the time, the Beatles were nobody. They were a bar band that was doing pretty well in the bars. But uh, outside of the bars, I, I don't really think they were... They weren't a big... Well, I think Decca. They auditioned for Decca, and Decca said, Nah, you guys are okay. You can go. We'll let you know. Yeah, well, you can hear their audition demos for DECA on one of the archives, and you can tell why DECA said, Ah, no, because they kind of goofed off through the whole thing. Well, to it me, I, it, I, yeah. I didn't really hear anything special in those. It just, all right. No, there wasn't. I mean, if you, know, if you can't see the future, to me, they're just, all right, well, it's another guitar-based band, and the bass player's kind of cute, but sure, they can play, and they can sing, and that's nice, but... So can a whole bunch of other bands that are just basically your guitar, bass, singing, and drum band of the early 60s. Listening to it, I didn't hear anything that set my skirt on fire and made me say, holy crap, I gotta sign these guys. But back to what I started to say, Tony Sheridan was going to put out an album. He needed a band for the album. He said, we're friends. You want to be the band on the album? And the Beatles said, sure. And this was their first time they were ever on a record. And they didn't even get credit for it. Before the, anybody knew who they were, the album was credited to Tony Sheridan or Tony Sheridan and the Beat Boys. I think it was the Beat Brothers. Beat Brothers, that's it. Yeah, it was the Beat Brothers. Which would kind of get under my skin because we've been busting our asses for years in Germany and England and the clubs and here we are, we finally get a record and it's we don't get the credit. As far as the backing band, they're called the Beat Brothers, not the Beatles, which might, you know help get them known better as the Beatles and help push towards maybe getting that record deal if they want. Instead, they're... Well, how do you think Tony Sheridan felt later? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because Tony he... Sheridan was being pushed by Decca as the British Elvis and the next big thing that was going to be the biggest rock and roll star in England and the U.S. and everything else. And his backing band... <laughs> ends up being the biggest rock and roll band ever. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the thing. 
two years later, when the world knew who the Beatles were, the album was, I think it was either released as Tony Sheridan with the Beatles, the Beatles. or the Beatles with Tony Sheridan. I guess it was the Beatles depended. with Tony Sheridan. Yeah, whatever <laughs> label you got it on back in 64. Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing. Carl Wayne wanted to record some songs and get a deal going. He needed a brand. He and Jeff are good friends. So it was the core of ELO, Jeff, Bev, Tandy, and Mike D'Albuquerque. The string guys weren't involved, and they were just there to back. So it's it's a Carl Wayne single. And then years later, when they're putting together a remaster with bonus tracks, well, core of ELO played. Let's just put it on this album, and therefore somebody declared it, this is the Electric Light Orchestra, which it's not, which is why it doesn't sound anything like an ELO song of that time or really any time. I mean, if you're going to compare it to something, I think the closest you can probably come is Ma 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 Bell, just because it's got the loud and crunchy guitars and that kind of thing. But other than that, it's not the least bit ELO-y. Still friggin' great, though. Yes, it is. And Carl Wayne, I mean... I don't think he got cheated out of the move because I think he left on his own. Yeah, he did. That's... Um, but he got cheated out of a solo career. He was never even in Jeff Lynne's shadow or anything like that. It wasn't like, oh, this guy could have been the Jeff Lynne. He was known. It's just things just never worked out for him as a solo artist. And it's strange because... He had everything that should have got him fame as a solo artist. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of funny because when he left the move, that's when Jeff Lynne came in. And also, I think it was 1982, Carl remade Midnight Blue. <laughs> his whole discography but even in 1982 he was still thinking eh, Jeff Lynne's good with music I'm going to remake one of his songs and hope that gets me somewhere and it still didn't and the weird thing is I'm not really crazy about that kind of voice that Carl has but I liked it it's usually not the kind of voice I go for but I don't know his voice here is fantastic it's really punches you and it's like pay attention Right, and I guess a lot of what he'd done before was kind of more soft rock stuff, but that's still my point of Eric Carmen can become a big, huge star around the same time doing mushy stuff like... After coming off of a band like the Raspberries that was doing some really good rock and roll stuff at the time, and then go to All By Myself... And he can have number one hits with that. I mean, it's strange how sometimes fate just happens. That one person makes it, the other person doesn't, and they're basically doing about the same thing, and sometimes it might be the other person's doing it better, but nobody will listen. Yeah, yeah. And Go All The Way kind of popped into my head when I heard this, because it's around that same kind of time, and the same kind of straight rock sound. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the universe. It's all dumb luck and random chance that anything happens, no matter how much you put into it. Exactly. So maybe some dumb luck will bring us more Patreon people. I'm good with that. 
Got something to say about your world? Take two, then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Let me tell you now. My world is better than your world. My life is better than your life. Let me tell you now. Good old everybody, it's me, that Dono guy, and blah, 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 blah. And here's my very short take on your world. My world is better than your world. My life is better than your life. Right off the bat, the chorus is bold and arrogant, but like everybody's born to die, it is turned into a bit of a wordplay. We normally don't hear from Jeff, especially these days where his direction as of late hasn't much depth, much less this level of verbal play. And the fact that Carl Wayne is belting this out with just more power and range than Jeff really sells it. So not much else to can be said without repeating my last review outside of the prog rock rant fest. And yep, I'm more of a enjoy it now because it's later than you think kind of guy. And yes, shout out to Louis Prima. Holla! Kitties, it's Dr. Troy, and class is in session. There will be a pop quiz today. <laughs> Sorry, force of habit. Let's see, Your World Take Two. I had never heard this song before, and I'm kind of a little bit surprised. EOLO is more or less serving as a backup band on this song to Carl Wayne. And I think they do a good job of it. I mean, especially when you consider that this song was recorded back in 1973. ELO just coming to the forefront and the excess and the bombast, and I say that in a good way, that characterized their music at the time. And so to hear them in a more subdued form on this song, I kind of like it. Oh, and I love Carl Wayne's vocal, by the way. I think he does a good job. And I really like the middle when you have a nice keyboard solo and then Jeff Lynn brings in a nice guitar solo and it works very well and enhances the beauty of the song. Another thing I noticed about this song, it was nagging at the back of my mind when I listened to it the first time. The chorus reminded me of something and I couldn't quite place it and I was going through my CD collection and I found it the melody of the chorus and the rhythm reminds me of part two of American City Suite by Cashman and West. That was a top 30 hit in 1972, in case you've never heard of it. I'm not saying there's any cribbing going on here, but I think there's a little bit of a similarity. I love the Cashman and West song personally, and I love this song too. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Pop quiz in five minutes. Something is wrong here. Doesn't belong here People are locking themselves Behind their own four walls Great moments in electric light Orchestra history Jeff was such a great writer Terrific songs What is your take on Jeff's version of ELO? Were you ever asked to participate in that at all? 
No, no, it definitely was not. The music is good. It's just, it's for me, it's not quite the same. I, I would love to see like some sort of a special show where he invites you to uh, participate. And I think that would be great. Because I think that the, to me, I listen to those albums and it's always missing one thing. And that's Bev Bevan's drums. And Thank I, you. I mean, well, yeah, if, well if, if Jeff ever asked me to, I will. Well, Jeff, it's on you. You've done it before. Pick up the phone and say... And Bevan will say, Hello, is it me you're looking for? That's dumb. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I like the song, and I'm holding a wet towel that's folded. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you uh, why I have it. One is because when you put it behind your neck, it helps you from barfing. And when you put it on your forehead, it helps the temperature cool down from your forehead if you have a fever. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 166, Get a Hold of Myself, take two.